Howdy. Howdy, welcome. Wait, ASMR. And thanks to ButcherBox for supporting TFC. Sign up to get three pounds of free-range organic chicken wings free in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com TFC and use code TFC. And thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the financial confessions. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Go to ZocDoc.com TFC and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. We're here with one of the last episodes of this season of The Financial Confessions, and I've got my medium boy, neither the tall nor small boy, uh, sugar-free Red Bull here on deck because I'm doing a q and I'm riding solo, um, not unlike Jason Derulo, uh, on this particular episode, and I have some extremely exciting news, and that is that for those who cannot see, um, I am holding the second financial diet book. Uh, it is called Beyond Getting By, and it is just that. It is a book that is all about what to do with your life once you have sort of learned the 101 about finances, you know how to budget, you know what a 401k is, is you know to negotiate when you get a new job like all of that stuff but like what comes after how does one live a full and intentional and fulfilling life uh, with all that money that you're working so hard to earn and to save and to be smart with um so i wrote part of this book i wrote one chapter as well as the intro but my uh colleague our creative director holly actually wrote the majority of this book um it was once again designed by lauren verhaig i would normally open it up and um, scroll through the pages because it is like the first book beautiful custom illustrated. It has um, all kinds of like charts and graphs and interviews, um, big, bold colors, like exactly what you expect from TFD. But this is actually a fake. This is a fraud. Uh, this is not a real copy of the book. This is just the cover of the book put onto another book as a prop. Uh, so I can't open it up and show you guys. But please trust me that it is beautiful inside. I'll actually, for those of you watching the YouTube video, we can put up some, here's some, ooh, ah, some interior shots. My goodness, look at her go. Um, but we have chapters on everything from uh, the four-day work week, which I contributed to, um, to uh, building solid social networks, uh, to not being cheap in said social networks, uh, to navigating a fulfilling career, to, I mean, basically everything you could ever want to kind of learn about uh, as it pertains to level 201 and beyond of um, managing your money in your life. So to reiterate, it is called Beyond Getting By and uh, it's gonna be an absolute sleigh. She is going to be out and available where all books are sold uh, April 23rd, 2024, but you can pre-order her right effing now at the link in uh, our description slash our show notes and uh, to celebrate her I'm just gonna hold her on my lap um, like the little precious baby that she is uh, while I go through and answer all of the questions that you guys sent me via Instagram and you guys uh, sent me some really fun ones as usual so let's dive in what is your Roman Empire I have so many as I've said before um, I think one of my biggest Roman empires and it's something that we talk about a lot in various ways on TFD, but it's like really worth thinking about. And I want to do more kind of content on this topic in 2024 is like the trajectories of men versus women in heterosexual couples after they divorce, like the reported happiness, the reported health outcomes, you know, the likelihood of recoupling, like all of that. Like it's so clear that for so many women in hetero marriages, they're essentially just sort of acting as uncompensated 
and often completely unappreciated caretakers for their husbands um, and basically make his life possible in so many ways. And like when they get divorced, when those women get divorced, like their happiness skyrockets, their health outcomes skyrocket. Like they're genuinely living, they're having their divorce glow up, they're living their best lives. And either the men, and this is like very broad stroke statistically, but like men are very likely to either pretty quickly get remarried or repartnered um, or to have pretty atrocious outcomes. And like when you look at all the stuff that feeds into it, like male loneliness and how they don't maintain social connections and how they don't like, you know, are they're not plugged into their children's social lives and the parents of their children's friends and schoolmates and all of the like sort of fabric of day to day life. Like I really do think for as bad as things are economically in the US and they are very bad, there is an entire like subsidizing effect happening from women taking care of their families and especially of their male partners in these hetero marriages that that is completely unaccounted for and part of what like heartens me a little bit about the increasing commonality of women choosing not to have children or not to get married is like you're gonna have to work for that like no one like we're no longer in an era where you are and not for everyone right like some people genuinely are still obligated to get married and have children societally etc but for an increasing number of women this is very much an opt-in scenario and i think the fact that it for so long was not an opt-in scenario led to a scenario led to a dynamic where women were taken extraordinary advantage of and I think that's slowly coming to a stop somewhat. And I think that's upsetting a lot of people and disturbing a lot of orders and threatening a lot of people. Um, but I think overall, it's probably a good thing. Um, and yeah, I think about it all the time because it manifests in so many different ways and is like genuinely propping up a lot of our crumbling economy. So yeah, that's a big Roman empire. Favorite movie this year? I'm looking at uh, our producer, Emily, as if she's going to be able to help in any respect with that. What is my favorite movie this year? I honestly truly can't think of a favorite movie this year because I had to watch so many rom-coms this year in preparation for our October video essay about rom-coms because for as much as I'm like embedded in pop culture, there were so many that I'd never seen, such as 13 Going on 30 or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or uh, 10 Things I Hate About You or any of those other ones. Um, and yeah, although they were all fairly enjoyable, um, I can't say any of them are sticking in my top 10. So yeah, I unfortunately don't have an answer for that. But if you guys saw a really good movie this year that you highly recommend, sound off in the comments because I'm looking to stack up some movies for my holiday break. What is a more expensive entertaining purchase that you think is actually worth it? I wouldn't necessarily consider this entertaining explicitly however it I'm you know very obviously like when I entertain when I host I clean a lot and no purchase has ever been more worth it than my Dyson vacuum like those are expensive for a reason like they deliver on their promise they get the job done period and I am not being paid to say that although I wish I were okay what to leave in 2023 and what to take into 2024 for me anyway, a couple things I'm definitely leaving are pants that I don't like, like jeans, I, let me be specific, jeans I don't like. Like I'm not even crazy about the jeans I'm wearing right now, but they're rented, so the stakes are low. But I like, I am determined in 2024, like I'm gonna get my perfect jeans and I am never ever going to settle for anything less than optimal jeans. 
I feel like not having nice fitting jeans has been one of like the scourges of my 30 something wardrobe in life is like, this should be like, it's 2023. This should be easier than this. It should not be this difficult to find a pair of jeans that like hits all the criteria. And yet I really haven't. And I know the truth is I'm going to have to get a good amount of tailoring, um, but I'm fine with that. But I do want my perfect jeans. So leave behind lesser jeans, take forward optimal jeans. Um, similarly, more tailoring, more visits to the cobbler, more just like taking care of what you have. Um, leave anyone who like I have been like I had a TikTok the other day that like weirdly has like gone off about just like things to not accept in friendships and like I wasn't accepting any of those things so it's not like I need to leave it in 2023 but I think generally it needs to be more reiterated like sometimes I think we have a real sunk cost fallacy when it comes to friendships and like especially if they're friends that you've had for a very very long time you can tend to just like go with the inertia of that friendship and not question whether or not it's serving you or it's mutually enriching or you're even compatible anymore any of those things and I think like in 2024 we need to take more active accounting of how our platonic relationships are enriching our lives and slash if they are um, and to not feel like an obligation to perpetuate relationships that are not right for us just because of time. I think that's, it can, you know, it can be tough, but I think it's also very necessary sometimes because sometimes being in the wrong platonic relationships can really, really hurt us. Um, lastly, leave in 2023 any um, like of those really predatory payment plan um, plugins because those things are absolutely murdering Gen Z financially and millennials, but like especially young people, like uh, enabling them, like, you should not be putting Shein on a payment plan. Like, alert, alert, something is deeply wrong if that is your scenario. We're doing a video in February about like Gen Z and how they're sort of financially a generation that can buy anything it wants but has, but owns nothing. Um, because like the, the, the relative consumer access versus, um, wealth building has never been more out of whack. And those are a huge part of the problem. Um, also similarly, um, halls of unnecessary shit. like I recently stumbled onto this woman on TikTok who like, she just duets people who are walking through Target, like filling their carts with like holiday decorations and knickknacks and, you know, themed, uh, you know, tea towels and like just random shit. And like, she just watches as they go and she's just like garbage garbage, useless, plastic that's going to be in a landfill in two months. You'll throw it out in a month. You'll throw it out next year. You don't need a whole new thing of decor. And like just seeing that is so refreshing because I really do think we have completely inoculated ourselves to how much we buy that we in no way need and in no way enriches our life. So that's getting left in 2023 as well. At least it is for me. Curious if you would ever have Mark on the podcast. Um, no. No, no, no. My husband being deeply offline is one of the few things tethering me to reality in these chaotic times. Um, okay. Do you set yearly, quarterly slash monthly goals? Um, I do, but I've gotten lately, I've been, um, it's been a tough time professionally and personally. So I find that in times when things are tougher, I take a lot of solace in making my goals as micro as possible. So I've gotten way back into Todoist. 
Um, shout out to Doist if you ever want to sponsor this podcast. I am a power user now. Again, I hadn't been using it for a while, but now I'm back in it. Um, and I find that like breaking my days into extremely granular goals and not focusing on the bigger stuff is, is, is helping me right now, but we are coming up on new year's and my husband and I have a ritual that on new year's we sit down with a fresh pen and paper. We get a nice journal and we sit down. We'll usually go to like, you know, a cute cafe or restaurant or bar, like somewhere cozy. And we'll just spend several hours just plotting out how we want our year to go in all different categories. And that's also a really nice exercise too. Are you considering a version of TFD in Espanol? Um, yes, so we actually have a special series coming out in January with um, some Latina financial creators that is, we're not 100% sure yet if it's going to be in Spanish, English, or both, but we will make sure that it's accessible and um, it's gonna be very centered on like first gen finances and things that are of particular concern to the Latino community. So um, we're really excited about that because it's been something that we've really been wanting to do for a while and so we've been waiting for the funding to do it. So yes is the answer. Yes. Just for fun, if you had to rename Mona, what would her new name be? Rename Mona? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Um, I don't know. My gosh. Who who thinks of these questions? Um, I don't know. I think I would like, I always get a tickle out of people whose, whose animals have like really silly names. Like my friend's cat's name is Butter. And I think that's a really cute name for a cat. Yeah. Like lasagna is a cute name. Olive. I like something that just feels like cartoonish. Okay. Oh my God. I love when there's like big floppy dogs named Puddles. I like anything like automatopoeia. Anyway. Okay. Once you've figured out the money, how do you change your mindset? Because I'm still worrying. First of all, grab beyond getting by because it is exactly about how to actually shift into a mentality of I'm no longer struggling and I'm trying to actually build a life that is meaningful to me because as someone who has had a fairly financially turbulent past, I completely understand how difficult it can be to sort of change your thinking around it. And ultimately, like, I do, like, I'm not a super woo person, although I am becoming more and more woo with each passing year. I think this is like, perhaps this is just the inevitable trajectory, um, but I do sort of think more and more about the ways, and it's not necessarily woo in the sense that I'm sure that there is some psychological backing to this and the way the mindset really affects our behavior. But I do think that there is very much like something, there is an abundance mindset. And I think there is a, a, you know, a scarcity mindset. And I think they both have hugely real impacts on your finances. And ultimately the truth is when it comes to financial growth, it is infinitely easier to focus on earning more money and, and making savvier decisions with your money um, in terms of investments and, and other ways to make it grow than it is to focus on saving and reducing more because there's just such a finite amount to which you can save and reduce. And also um, it has a really tangible impact on your quality of life with each cut. Um, so you know, I think aside from reading books like Beyond Getting By, I think one of the biggest shifts to make is whenever you feel that pinch of, you know, irrational, like irrational sort of feelings of not having enough, because it's one thing if you actually don't have enough, but if it's just lingering in a, a time when things were more scarce, even though that's not your current situation, um, I highly recommend pivoting to how you can use that feeling of scarcity or feeling of 
um, you know, anxiousness um, and turn it towards something that is more productive and more expansive rather than worrying about how you can further and further cut. Um, use it as a motivator. You know, perhaps it's a sign that, you know, when's the last time you negotiated for a raise or, you know, maybe it's time to look for a different job or maybe it's time to, you know, consider other skills that you could be using or, you know, going back to school or doing anything to expand your opportunities rather than to um, continue chipping away at uh, what you do have. Are there any expectations that you still struggle with in your life? You seem very assertive and nonconformist. I'm very conformist, first of all. I'm like the most normie person I know, um, except that I don't have kids. I think that's the only like really divergent life choice I make. But yeah, other than that, I think I'm pretty normal. Um, normative, not normal. Uh, I, f I fall within a bell curve on pretty much every front. Um, something I still struggle with um, in terms of expectations, you know, like... This is very pertinent because it happened this morning, um, but my husband and I canceled our trip to uh, go visit the in-laws for Christmas. We were gonna go for almost a month because we usually go for a long period of time when we go um, because it's a long flight and we don't wanna do it for for anything less than you know seeing everyone and spending a lot of time with everyone, friends, family, et cetera. And the writing had been on the wall for some time that it was just not a good time for us. Um, but both of us have, have stuff going on. There was a lot of stress. There was like a lot of reasons why. And there was still so much left that we hadn't planned or booked. Um, and it, I delayed making that call and ultimately cost myself some money, cost us some money, because I delayed making the call because although it was the right thing and although as an adult I have every right to say like this is a because it's a really big thing right like to make a, an international trip for you know several weeks and to you know deal with all the logistics and all of that like it's perfectly within my right to say like this isn't you know going to work this time um, but we'll make time to see you next year I really did feel that sense of like I think I always have a sense of feeling like I should be the good ex, like I should do the thing that I think because there were many years when I wasn't quote unquote good about that kind of stuff. And a lot of it stemmed from not having the money to do it, right? Like I didn't have the money to travel and be present for things. I didn't have the money to, um, you know, prioritize other people or even prioritize myself. Like I was flaky. I was unreliable. I was, you know, I didn't live, um, I wasn't a consistent person. And again, a lot of that was financial, but it does still leave a sense of like, I never want to be perceived as flaky or inconsistent, even though I know that that's not who I am. And I also, and sometimes it can lock me into situations that aren't right for me. But, you know, I said my piece. We were very kind about it, but we're like, it's just not going to work out this year. And that happens. And it was totally fine. And I wish I'd done it sooner. And I wish also that I could kind of let go of this mental image where I always feel like I'm trying to prove that I'm not that person that I haven't been for many, many years. Um, and we're all getting there, right? Like that's a journey we're all on forever, it seems. But yeah. Um, was your, was the male main character in your novel Teo inspired by your husband? Of course, honey, please. Okay. How do I deal with being in a new tax bracket after growing up poor? I highly recommend getting a financial planner, someone to help you with your finances because, um, it can be very overwhelming, but also one of the things that you don't generally learn how to do when you don't have a lot growing up is how to thoughtfully manage money to make it grow. Um, 
you know how to work, you know how to save, you know probably how to budget, but you don't know like where to allocate your assets and like what you actually want to do to reach your long-term goals. And like having money sometimes when you don't know what to do with it can feel extremely overwhelming and complicated. And I think having someone to help you through that process um, is a huge, huge benefit. I mean, they're not sponsoring this episode, so I certainly don't have to say it, but advisor.com is like a really, really good option um, if you're not necessarily looking to shell out for like a full service financial planner, but do want some um, help. Um, But yeah, I would highly recommend uh, finding some help with that. Also, um, the upcoming December video essay, which is all about how the wealthy gaslight America. Um, A lot of it is about like class and one of the biggest interviews in it is um, with friend of mine, friend of TFD, Ashley C. Ford, who went from being not only very low income with, uh, but also with an incarcerated parent her entire life to being high income. And she talks a ton about um, that change. And so definitely check out the video. It's coming out next Tuesday on the channel. Often the best gifts are the ones that you give to yourself, especially things that last the whole year long and actually make your life better, easier, more healthful, like all of the things that you want to be doing come new year. And ButcherBox is here to help you treat yourself to more delicious, wholesome meals now and all year long. They take the guesswork out of finding high quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more delivered to your doorstep. After a long and busy day, there's no better feeling than knowing I can skip the grocery store because I have food I can trust already waiting for me in my freezer. I am now a ButcherBox user, and as someone who absolutely loves cooking at home, it has genuinely transformed my cooking experience. I'm able to meal plan so much more effectively. I have really, really high quality meat products in my freezer that I don't have to worry about sourcing because I do try to be really conscientious about the animal products that I buy. And also like being a Manhattan queen, like, Even with my little rolly cart, it's like really hard to bring a lot of groceries to and from the grocery store. And it's cold, girl, it's winter. Like, it's so nice knowing that like, I can reduce the number of grocery store trips I have to make, that I can like count on this cornerstone of a lot of my meal planning, like being there, being available, not having to carry it everywhere. Um, And also just knowing that I can plan out my weeks in a much, much more effective way than I used to. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of ButcherBox's products. Like I genuinely love it. And yes, obviously they are our sponsor this week, but I will be a continued user because I have genuinely been turned on to how great the product is. Just as like a random example, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge, uh, lover of the walks of life, the food blogger slash cookbook. And I have now made like three different recipes from, uh, my walks of life cookbook that I have at home, um, using my butcher box. Here's one pictured right here. And ButcherBox has incredible deals on premium cuts of meat and seafood. Everything from them is humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. They also offer curated or customized boxes, something I personally love, as well as exclusive member deals, recipe inspiration and tips, and bonus, shipping is always free. Who doesn't love that? ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Sign up today at butcherbox.com TFC and use code TFC to get free chicken wings for a year. That's three pounds of free range organic chicken wings for free in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com TFC and use code TFC. Have you ever been looking for a new doctor and asking around to basically everyone you know if they have any recommendations? Because that has been me many, many times. And I feel like every time I ask people, it's like pretty rare that people have an actual good recommendation. And when they do, it's often not even in my network. 
But on the rare occasion someone has a doctor they really like, it's nearly impossible to make an appointment with them. Here in New York City, this is actually pretty common. It can be hard to get an appointment with a doctor for literal months, which is not great if you have an actual medical emergency. And let's not even get into finding someone that meets all your needs and also takes your insurance. Like I said, that is like finding a unicorn. So enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can even find same-day appointments. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately with just a few app taps. No more waiting on hold for an hour to be connected to the right department. As someone who has personally been using ZocDoc for literally a decade plus, like I've been using it for as long as I can remember, I used it to find and then to book appointments with uh, dermatologist, dentist, therapist, general practitioner, like basically every single kind of doctor I use. It's genuinely an incredibly useful app. So go to ZocDoc.com slash TFC and download the ZocDoc app for free. They find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash TFC. ZocDoc.com slash TFC. What has been your biggest accomplishment this year? My novel. Prenups, question mark? Yes, period. How do you approach time management? Even with a four-day work week, you seem productive. Well... Uh, very poorly is how I've been managing my time. I've definitely been, uh, I definitely hit uh, a bit of a wall recently. And that was part of the reason why I had to, to, to call it on the, on the holiday travel was because I was like, I have a lot going on on all fronts. Um, nothing terrible, nothing, um, you know, they're all good problems to have, but I definitely overcommitted and overextended myself. And also like, the timing of things was not great. And so I just found myself kind of like my to-do list was just never ending. And I wasn't even like able to break on the weekends, let alone really take advantage of the four-day work week. So um, 2024 for me is going to be a lot about scaling back because that was bad. (laughs) How did you reach out to the artist who did the cover for your novel? It's a Canadian painter named Elizabeth Lenny who painted the oil painting. You can see the cover here. Um, I just reached out to her on on the gram, baby. I slid into those DMs. How how else does one reach some reach an artist in 2023? The girls need the walking pad updates. Um, so I bought a walking pad. It's the Air Hot walking pad off of Amazon. I bought it a couple of months ago, and it has been good. I really enjoy it. Um, I especially right now in this atrocious weather. It is really nice to be able to plug in my walking pad and just like listen to an audiobook or watch TV for a couple hours and just stroll in my own home. Um, I highly enjoy it, but I would say if you're considering buying it, try to establish to yourself that you will actually walk for at least like a couple months before you invest in it because if you don't really walk, it's going to be hard to just all of a sudden start walking a ton um, just because you have this machine. Like it was, I think, a better fit for me because I already walked so much living in New York, um, but otherwise I really love it. How do, you, how do I stop feeling envious of friends with more money slash better jobs, parentheses don't judge please, LOL. Girl, we're all envious. I, that being said, I like recently talked about this. I 
For me, as someone who definitely used to struggle enormously with envy and comparison and still does on certain things, I mean, it's impossible not to. It's human nature. Like when I see someone doing something that I really would want to do um, or that I think they're doing better than me, it's it's hard not to feel that way. Um, but one of the things that I cannot recommend enough as far as being an antidote to envy on any front is to try as much as possible to diversify your sense of identity like have a lot of things that you do that not only give you joy and fulfillment and are part of your sort of routine but also really make up how you identify yourself like for me, having a lot of different projects and a lot of different hobbies and things that I do, both professionally and also just for fun, like that means that when there are people who do better on a specific front, it's only one thing. It's only one thing among many that makes up who I am. So it doesn't feel as immediately threatening to my identity. And if the source of that competition and envy is very frequently work-related and people having quote-unquote better jobs, first of all, let's be very clear, you have no idea what their jobs are actually like in real life. And plenty of people with very prestigious jobs, like the fact that those jobs are prestigious is used as a reason to make those jobs terrible. So let's be clear about that. But number two, I would highly recommend if that is the source of a lot of your envy and comparison, taking an inventory of how much space your job is taking up in your life. And if you feel like it's taking up too much, that's a really good sign to maybe it's time for a different job. Maybe it's time to add a hobby. Maybe it's time to diversify income streams. Maybe it's just time to reduce the weight that a job title carries in your life personally. Now that you're on TikTok, what does your For You page look like? Lately, it's been a lot of the Serbian dancing woman (laughs) which is really scary. People make these little like mini TikTok horror movies with this like urban legend of a Serbian dancing woman. I don't know how I got on Serbian dancing lady TikTok, but I'm there, honey. I'm seated. Um, No, but I mean, a lot of it is like the stuff that I talk about. It's like child-free content or hosting content or financial content. Like, you know, we're all in our little echo chambers. Obviously, a lot of mine has had to do with, you know, current current events, foreign affairs, all that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, I'm obviously much more vocal about that kind of thing on my personal channels because, you know, TFD represents more than just myself. Um, But I, I will say, like, I have been actually enjoying TikTok a lot more than Instagram. I don't use Twitter anymore because that website seems, I mean, first of all, my Twitter got hacked for like months um, by a crypto scam. So I feel deeply vulnerable from a tech perspective on that website, but also like the vibes are just deeply off there um, and have been for some time. But so for me, it was basically just Instagram for a while. And I thoroughly enjoy TikTok more than Instagram, just like on a vibes basis, but also like the kind of content I see there, the kind of ideas that I see there. I don't know, it just makes me feel a lot happier and more optimistic than Instagram does. Like, I don't know, Instagram is starting to feel like diet Facebook to me. Like some of the stuff I'm seeing there, I'm like, my God. Okay, not finance related, but what is the name of the um, the wallpaper um, that you got for your new bookshelf that you're putting in? Um, it's called uh, Prospect Park is the name of the wallpaper. It's, um, I'll, I can put an image of it here. It's the most gorgeous little painted wallpaper you've ever seen. It's heavily inspired by the wallpaper at Bemelman's Bar, which is um, which has hand-painted wallpaper on the walls, um, painted by the famous Ludwig Bemelman, who was, among other things, the illustrator of the Madeline books. So it's one of the most whimsical and delightful and perfect spots in all of New York City. And um, yeah, uh, now I have a little piece of it or sort of a piece of it at home. Uh, can you give us a what you spend in a month? 
Um, I mean, to be honest, I, as someone who lives below her means, I don't really track my spending very closely. I just have kind of the pay myself first method. Um, and it's my finances have been crazy this year because of investing in my book. Um, so I mean, it, it totally depends on my husband and I have fairly separate finances, but, um, I pay $23.95 each month for my mortgage, um, which is awesome because I got a 2.875 interest rate. Uh, my mortgage would be like twice what it is if I had today's interest rates. Um, so I have a very low mortgage comparatively. Um, I definitely spend um, several hundred dollars a month at least on groceries and things like that. Um, I also, um, probably more because I, I host a fair amount. Um, I would say I go out for dinner generally once or twice a week, probably twice, especially during the holidays. Um, I don't buy clothes or things like that very often. If anything, I usually, um, and nor do I buy really things like knickknacks for the home or anything like that. I actually have found that since I've owned my home, I have a lot less mindless spending on just kind of things to fill it because I can focus a lot more on renovations and more substantial changes to the home that are also, you know, investments in the property. So I actually, for, for all I, um, you know, love pretty things and whatever. I actually don't shop that frequently. Um, so yeah, I would say I, like I said, I don't track my spending very closely. I definitely spend several thousand dollars a month. Um, but I was lucky enough to get a very good mortgage and, um, I just focus on savings and then I, I don't really have to worry about what I spend in any given category. And that's the whole point of, you know, managing your money well and living below your means, I guess. But I could probably do one. I should do one just for fun. Just track my spending for a month and and report it. I mean, I could go I could go through my like um, budgeting app right now, but I don't feel like doing that. Okay, what do you say to girls that spend thousands on Taylor Swift tickets but can't afford a car? Well, I mean, the war on cars is fought every day in this house. <laughs> no, I mean, the, a car is a bad example, but like someone who can't because cars are money pits too. But Someone who can't, um, although let's be clear, people need them, but I'm just saying it's not as if it's like between Taylor Swift tickets and a home or a retirement account or whatever, like cars are depreciating assets. But, and people waste plenty of money on luxury cars, let's be clear about that. But if you're, if the point you're making is people who spend thousands of dollars on Taylor Swift tickets and can't afford to like build financial security or are not building financial security, what I would say to that is whoever did that study however long ago of spend on experiences, not things. And that makes you happier slash brings you more fulfillment slash, you know, um, is like a better ROI. Truly the like dumbest on the planet saw that study. Just kidding. I'm a dumb so I can say that. But truly the dumbest on the planet saw that study. And they were like, that means any experience I'm spending on is a good investment and I should do it. And I, uh, you know, if I'm never going to be like 25 in Ibiza or whatever again. So like might as well max out my credit card and go into debt and whatever. Like we will cover this densely in our Gen Z buy everything, own nothing video because there's so much to unpack there. But I do think that like aside from like, yes, you shouldn't be spending on anything that is wildly outside of your budget clearly. 
But more importantly than that, like this idea that spending on experiences is like universally a positive thing or a good idea financially, like that's gotta end because you can waste plenty of money on experiences and you can put yourself in debt through experiences and you can do all kinds of terrible things with experiences that also, by the way, are usually very tied up with youth and this sense that it's only valuable if you're doing it while you're young, which is very untrue. I very much look forward to my like retirement age. Like I will be traipsing around Italy. I will be going on food tours. I will be like reading amazing books and discovering new cuisines and living my absolute best life in my older age. And I'll probably enjoy it more then than I did in my 20s. Chelsea, what is an entree that you would serve for dinner guests with varying diets, vegan, gluten-free, etc.? Um, hmm. I am not as familiar with what has gluten in it. I'll be totally honest about that. Um, but I will say vegan, um, in general, if I'm going to do vegan, I, I generally go Asian, which is very broad, but I think that Flavor profile-wise and cuisine-wise, like for example, a huge amount of Indian cuisine is already vegetarian to begin with. Um, and cuisines that utilize things like coconut milk and miso and plant-based, um, you know, broths and bases and, um, you know, creams and things like that. I think that makes it a lot easier as, a, you know, a, a default. I don't know if it's gluten-free, but I use Impossible Beef all the time. I don't like Beyond. I don't like the texture very much. I, but however, I think Impossible Beef is like an amazing, amazing ground meat substitute. And I make so many dishes with um, Beyond Meat um, or Beyond Beef and, uh, you know, just like vegetable stock and things like that. Like, for example, I love making dandan dan noodles. You can make excellent, essentially vegan dandan dan noodles um, using Impossible Beef. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. I mean, for me, maybe it's a crutch, but because I'm used to more meat-based entrees, I do like utilizing a faux meat. Um, but like I said, I think Asian food is is one of the, you know, and obviously Asian is extremely broad, but, you know, Indian, um, you know, Sichuan is a cuisine that I love to cook a lot. Thai is a really good option for vegetarian-friendly options. Um, yeah, that would be my thought. How on earth am I supposed to save for a house, pay off $100,000 in student loans, and have kids? Well, let's start with the reality that no one was meant to do that. That's like you're living like a medieval serf at that point. Like no one was meant to live that way. So the fact that it feels insurmountable is a feature, not a bug. Let's start with that. Um, beyond that, I would say of those things, like for example, buying a home and having children, do you absolutely want to do both of those things? Or do you think that you should do both of those things? Because neither is essential for a fulfilling adult life. Neither is essential for financial health and security. Neither is essential for wealth building. So um, making sure to look at all of your choices from a value neutral place and seeing what actually makes sense for you and your goals versus what you're just being bullied into doing by society and your parents. Because let's be clear, the reason that everyone's in massive amounts of student debt right now is because they were bullied into doing it. They were told that this was the only way to get a good job and the only way to be a functional adult and the only way to blah, 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 blah. We know that that was all bullshit now. We do not need to make the same mistake with every other adult life choice. We're allowed to make the choices that are right for us. So reconsider all of those choices and think about what actually makes sense to you. How do I stop worrying about my parents' spending habits? Okay, here's the thing. If you are in a position 
where you are potentially going to have to take care of your parents financially and they're putting themselves in a position that is going to compromise your finances, then it's fair game to actually sit down and talk to them about it and drop some boundaries and some guidelines because you're not going to ruin your own finances to spare theirs. Um, So that's one thing. However, if it's just like, they'll be fine, but I think they're wasting money or they're not spending it well or whatever, like anything that doesn't impact your own finances, you have to let it go. You have to let it go because there's just anything in life that is centered around worrying about what someone else is doing, if it doesn't affect you is a complete waste of time and energy. And more importantly, will only make actually drawing the real boundaries and having the real conversations that much harder because you're not focusing on what actually is consequential. So I would do everything in your power to determine where it actually impacts you, the boundaries that you need to put on your own financial safety and health and what you are and aren't willing to do to potentially help or um, you know uh, support them and have that conversation accordingly and the rest, vaya con Dios, let it go. Go with God. It means go with God, but in my mind, it means let it go. Okay. Anyway, advice for pregnant people. Girl, who the hell, how do, how do I know? Looks like it hurts, so owie zowie. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, um, do everything you can to set up good. If you're in a heterosexual partnership or marriage, do everything you can now to set up a more equitable division of labor because you are working against a tidal wave of very unequal labor. And I think it does hit a lot of women like a ton of bricks, um, just how unequal it can be on top of the physical you know, sacrifices and pain and, and recovery and all that. And on top of potential, you know, postpartum and all kinds of emotional, psychological issues, like to have to deal with that really unequal division of labor, like the more you can set yourself up to counteract that, the better. Okay, last question. Favorite book of the year, Fault Lines by Emily Atami. That book was amazing. And I picked it out completely at random at a bookstore. And I have, it's like now in my top five favorite books ever. I loved that book. It's about a Japanese housewife married to like an upper middle class salary man who engages in um, a very affirming but complicated affair and also has, you know, these very interesting and somewhat ambivalent observations on her role in society and on motherhood and on femininity and beauty and all these things. It's a hashtag problematic read in some ways, but those are always my favorite books. And I have like rarely seen it recommended, which shocks me because it is just an incredible book. So Fault Lines by Emily Atami. My other favorite book of the year is Beyond Getting By, the new book from The Financial Diet. I could not be more proud of the team for doing this. It is an incredible book. It is going to be, to me, it's like the perfect grown-up older sister of the first book. And I'm so happy to see everyone who's brought it to life together. And it is just the perfect book for answering all the kinds of questions that you guys were asking, but just sort of more generally shifting our focus from, as the title suggests, just like scraping by financially and just really building a life um, that is joyous and beautiful, um, which is something that we all deserve. So actually on that note, we are taking a couple weeks off for the holidays, but we'll be back in January with two very special episodes to finish out our season. Um, So I'll see you back in January. Bye. (laughs) 